Well, well, we'll get started with our Sunday School Christmas program and then we'll have the presentation after the service with it. Ah, the offering, okay, yeah, both. Well, one deacon and one almost. <laughs> Don't forget the offering, let's have an offering first. <laughs> Just announce, and now you've got the little sheet that you have in your hymn book. We're going to have the children enter with Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, as they come forward. And then they're going to sing to us, Who is He in Yonder Stall, and How Great Our Joy.
was when we were out there practicing well they were out there practicing what we were trying to preach in here <laughs> over the past few weeks we're very thankful for all the children and the, your, you as parents allowing your children to come along and to learn more about the Lord Jesus well in the dispersed amongst the songs we'll have three different Bible messages and this is the first part of that 
and I think they are outlined on the back of your order of service. If you'd like to follow along there, this time of the year, as you all well know, in our country we do celebrate Christmas. And I pray it keeps going. They're changing a lot of things these days, aren't they? And uh, if you've been in contact or knowing what's going on in Israel, they've been doing the Hanukkah. They lit the first candle two days ago, the second candle yesterday, and they go through lighting the candles. But we have Christmas. <laughs> they remember being delivered from Iran, I mean Persia, <laughs> present-day Iran, many years ago in, in their celebrations. But we remember being delivered from our sin through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have in the Word of God, in Genesis 3.15, a prediction that Jesus would come. It says there, and I'll put enmity, enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. He shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This was given, this prophecy was given 6,000 years ago. So, and it came true 4,000 years later, which is 2,000 years from gone in history. God is true to his word. He makes a prediction, it will come true. We have written, I think it's ended up seven pages, we're sending to each of the politicians in Israel using their Bible, <laughs> the Old Testament, to tell them and, and pray for that as it goes out. Because the predictions are all through it, what's about to happen in the Middle East. But praise God, he is accurate. He's right on. If, if he's God, he's God. Let him be God. He can know the past, the present and the future without it happening. In Genesis 22 verse 8 it says, and this was written 4,100 years ago, Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And that's when Abraham was taking to sacrifice Isaac as God had commanded. And uh, Abraham's heart would have been very heavy. But remember, when he was about to do it, God said, now I know you believe me. And he said, there's a ram. God said to Abraham, there's a ram caught in the thicket. Offer that as a sacrifice. But God would provide himself a lamb. Jesus Christ is called the Lamb of God. And God did provide the Lamb, the Lamb of God, for the sins of the world, for my sin, your sin. In 2,700 years ago, or 700 BC, Isaiah wrote this in chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Unto us a child is born, that's happened. Jesus Christ, the birth 2,000 years ago happened. Unto us a son is given, that has happened. And then it says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. That hasn't happened. That will happen, and it won't be long. And we do, as a world, need someone to righteously lead. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So there's a few predictions of the hundreds. They're just four of the Old Testament. And then we have the pronouncement of his birth in Luke chapter 8, I mean chapter 2, verse 8. And this was given 
around 4 BC. Our dates are out by about four years. Christ was born 4 BC. That doesn't sound right, does it? <laughs> but he was born at that time. And it says in this pronouncement, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. You'd think if a king's coming to the world, let's announce the king. <laughs> and let's have somebody important announce the king. Who announced the coming of the Lord Jesus? Shepherds, the lowliest of all occupations, looking after the sheep. David, the king, second king of Israel, he, he was a shepherd. Look what he became, the king of Israel. He, <laughs> well, his father said, Jesse said, well, I've got another son. He's out in the paddock looking after the sheep. It can't be the king. He's a small fella. <laughs> but when the Lord, Je Lord Jesus' birth was announced, shepherds were in the field keeping their flocks. And lo, an angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. I think you would be if it never happened before. This already, you know, out in the paddock, night time, this happened. They were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, not just Jewish people, this is all people. <laughs> for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And so there was the pronouncement of his birth on the time it was going to happen. And as we know, if you read the story in the book of Luke and the other Gospels, you find that the shepherds went and found where the young child lay. Well, at this time, we're going to have a couple of three items. First of all, a violin musical, O Come Emmanuel. Then the choir is going to come after that and sing in a cave and then there's going to be a vocal away in a manger so all those people involved come here they come
quiet.
be brave to get up in front of everyone and sing. <laughs> and it's um, when they both sang together, they turned their volume up because they got their confidence in their friend or sister. <laughs> so, thank you, thank you, choir, thank you for each one that's participated so far. And we have another two thoughts before we have more musical items. So we've gone from the prediction of his birth, the pronouncement of his birth, to the place of his birth. This also was said in the Old Testament, and this was given 700 years before Jesus was born. And it says in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands in Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is, to be ruler in Israel, who goings, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. That's a packed verse, we could say. The place of his birth. 700 years prior, it was said where he would be born. And uh, <coughs> the way everything worked out, well, he, he was up in Nazareth and things afterward. And it's spoken about of Nazareth. He, he came from Egypt. But Bethlehem's mentioned in all these places the Lord Jesus was at and the place of his birth there when the, the uh, shepherds came we mentioned before was, yes, at Bethlehem. When we were over there, we didn't get to go to Bethlehem because they were throwing rocks at visitors. So <laughs> we, the, the uh, Islamics had taken over Bethlehem and they'd be given that. And so we couldn't go there. But we, it wasn't far away, just down below Jerusalem there. Though thou be little, it was a little place. As I said before, shepherds, not kings, not some important person, announced him to come. The Lord Jesus, the eternal Son of God. He's little among the thousands of cities of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler, just like Isaiah 9.6 said before, in Israel. Hasn't happened yet. It is going to happen. It's a promise of God, and he keeps his promises. Whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. How long has the Lord Jesus existed? Well, it tells us right there, and in many and multitude of other verses, from everlasting. He's the second person of the Trinity, God the Son. He has been from everlasting and will be to everlasting. The place of his birth. The praise at his birth. And this is in Luke chapter 2 and verses 12, 14 and 20. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying. They weren't singing, they were saying. As uh, Pastor McConnell says, angels don't sing. How we say that? <laughs> they say. And they said, glory to God in the highest. We sing it. <laughs> glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And you say, what's happened? <laughs> where's the peace and where's the goodwill? It's coming. It's coming. But the birth pains between now and then are going to be pretty bad. As you know, if you read the last book of the Bible. But peace on earth. What a day. When the Lord Jesus reigns from Jerusalem, king of the world, with David, who've been raised, who will be raised, 
under him as co-regent, and there there will be peace. There will be peace amongst all nations. There will be no more armies. There will be no need of police forces. There will be no need of security. You better leave your door open all night. That will be peace. And not only peace amongst people, but there will be peace amongst the, in the animal kingdom, in the, in the animals. The lions will not eat meat. They'll eat straw. It says it in the Bible. They'll eat straw like the oxen, like they originally were before the fall in the book of Genesis. And um, the child will play in the hole of an asp or a snake. You know, you imagine your children playing with a snake. No, <laughs> you, you don't let that happen. We don't play with snakes. We either run or stand dead still until the snake goes. <laughs> but in that time, there'll be peace in the animal kingdom because the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus, will be on earth. And <clears throat> there'll be praise for that time. Peace on earth. And the shepherds return glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they'd heard and seen as it was told unto them. And so they were filled with praise because of what they heard. Folks, we ought to be filled with praise for what we know about the Lord Jesus, what he has done for us, which we'll cover in a moment, and what he's going to do for us. We ought to be people of praise. And you know how you get a song stuck in your head? It goes over and over like a broken record. <laughs> there was one going over and over in my head last night. Praise to the Lord for what he's done and what he's going to do. At this time, we're going to have <clears throat> an instrumental duet, Silent Night. Then we'll have a vocal, O Holy Night. I haven't got the names of these, the people participating. But then the choir again will come and sing The Birth of a King. And so the instrumental... Caleb and Elise. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
If the things that the choir just sung about and others mentioned the songs have had it in them are true at his birth, what is it going to be like when he comes again? What, what glory will be seen? What splendour? He is the light of the world. And the, whole, the whole world will know when he comes. There will be no mistaking who it is when he comes. Well, we come to the last point before we have the presentation to the children of their awards. And it's called the purpose of his birth, the prediction of his birth, the pronouncement of his birth, the place of his birth and the praise. The purpose in Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. To seek. He seeks each one to come to him. 
That's the purpose of his birth. And today his arms are wide open, inviting all to come to him. Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden. He came to serve. And this is given in Luke 22 and 27, where it says, For <coughs> whether it's great, he that, or who is greatest, he that sitteth to meet, or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth, said the Lord Jesus. And in Matthew 20 and verse 28, it reads, Even as the Son of Man is come not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. He, the Son of Glory, the eternal Son of God, came to serve. And that was pictured well in John's Gospel, chapter 13, where the disciples and he were at the room, in the room and the last Passover and he took a basin, a towel and, and the basin of water and washed the disciples' feet and they were horrified, <laughs> especially Peter. No, no, you're not going to do that. <laughs> and then if I don't wash you, you're not part of me, said the Lord. And Peter said, well, wash me all. <laughs> I want to be part of you. But then the Lord Jesus said in verse 12, so after he had washed the feet, their feet and had taken his garments and was sat down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. There's a whole lot we could speak of, we haven't time, in those verses. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. So he came to serve and he exemplified that in the washing of the disciples' feet and he said, go do likewise. And that, that hasn't been rescinded, that's still true. Go do likewise. Now, you say, well, I didn't get my feet washed when I walked into church this morning. We don't do the, the foot washing here at Lavington. I don't know if any church does do that, but that's an example of service. He came to seek, he came to serve, and he came to suffer. In Hebrews 2, 9 to 10, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honour, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him... Of for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. And that he did suffer. And what book in the Old Testament, and what chapter of that book, tells us about the suffering of the Messiah? You might, you might have a couple. But if you was witnessing to a Jewish person, where would you go? Well, you'd go to Isaiah 53, of course, and read about the suffering servant, the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself a ransom for many to be testified in due time. And in 1 Peter 2, 21 and to, through to 25, it speaks of his suffering. It reads, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him, the, his father, who judgeth righteously, who his own self 
bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye, we, <laughs> were sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and to the bishop of our souls. Yes, he suffered. And without his suffering, without his being pierced and the crown of thorns being put on him, without the, the scourging that he received, we would not have salvation. We would have no security of eternity. We'd die and that would be it. We'd be doomed to eternal punishment. But the Lord Jesus has suffered. Why has he suffered? Why is he? Well, he's seeking to bring us to himself to save us. To save us. As 1 Timothy 1.15 says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul the writer said, Of whom I am chief, because of what he had done in his life. But we could all say that, couldn't we? We know our own hearts. We know our own thoughts and sometimes our own actions. We are sinners and we need salvation. We need to be saved from our sin. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou, and you can put your name in there, shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him, the Lord Jesus, from the dead, thou shalt be what? Saved. That's what it says, saved. He came to save. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many people of this world that is dwelt or are dwelling on this in this world does the Lord want to condemn to hell? Nobody. That's not his intent. Not his intent at all. It says in the scriptures the devil... The uh, hell was created for the devil and his angels, but not for people. He wants people to be saved. He's done everything, the Lord Jesus, that he can do for your salvation. And we have to trust what he has done because we can't save ourselves. And I pray that you confess or have confessed with your mouth, believed in your heart, that God has raised Jesus from the dead and you shall be saved. You see, I didn't say, join the Baptist church, or join the church of Christ, brethren church. I didn't say that. It says, you will be saved to be one of his saints, one of his children, one of the sons of God. And lastly, he came to seek, to serve, to suffer, to save, and to be exalted as sovereign, king of all. Matthew 24 27. When I think of this, I just think of Revelation 19, Matthew 24. And you can look at all the ones in the Old Testament. But it says in Matthew 24, 27, For as lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Nobody will miss his coming at the end of the seven years of tribulation. Nobody. All around the world. You say, how does it happen? Well, God can make anything happen. <laughs> And whether he, he comes down and then circuits the earth, because as it reads in scripture, he, he's coming down and he's going over certain towns and cities in the lands at the Mount of Olives. And he, he names cities and they're, they're facing this way, actually. <laughs> if you take a direct line from those cities, 
It ends up in Australia. So who knows where he's going to... But he's going to come and all and every eye that are living then shall see him. Revelation 11.15 And the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign for how long? Forever and ever. The thousand years is only the start. It is forever and ever that he will reign. And Revelation 21 and verse 3 says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. That's the purpose that he's always had. The goal he's always pressed toward is that he might tabernacle, tent, dwell with men. God dwelling with men. That's what it's, his intent has been all the way along. Um, it says, Behold, continuing, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. They shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. There's a clarification to that. Only believing people. Only those who have trusted him as their saviour will be there. The others will be condemned. And you read Revelation 19 and it's not a pretty picture. But it is when he comes for his saints. Who's looking forward to his coming? We've talked about his birth. <laughs> Brian's going to be. He's looking. <laughs> I trust you're looking because when he comes, oh, how different it will be. Well, we'll be taken first. Taken to glory have you ever thought of the first thing you're going to say or look or who you're going to look for when you get there? Well, I think it'll be the Lord Jesus. <laughs> He'll be outshining everybody when we see him face to face. I invite you this Christmas time, if you haven't, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who came at Bethlehem. The one the children and the adults have been singing about. The one we're talking about from the scriptures and the quotations today. Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Who knows? This might be our last Christmas. We might not even get to Christmas. There's only a few days away. We don't know. God knows. Be, be ready. Be prepared to be taken and taken up by him because you have believed on him. Thank you for listening.